On today's show, we're going to get into a mailbag answering your questions about the Dallas Mavericks. Was Dirk properly ranked in either of the top 75 rankings from ESPN and The Athletic? Was Mark Cuban right to say what he said about Luka Doncic on the radio today? We'll talk about all of that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. Good morning, Isaac. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can see me hanging out with Isaac downing an applesauce, a jello it's peaches. Get a off je- my peaches. <laughs> a plastic cup of jello peaches just jello down them. Hey. Just downing them right now on the podcast. So joining me as always my co-host, writer and contributor at Mavs.com, the Peach Prince, the one more thinking. What you got oh. for me, Isaac Harris? Actually you could rock with that one. The Peach Prince. <laughs> the first nickname I've given you you actually liked. <laughs> oh all right. It's been a few been a few days since mass basketball, so now we're just eating peaches and uh, <laughs> having fun on the pot. Hey, that's so. better than drinking an entire chalice of milk. No, it's not. Milk <laughs> is amazing. Get off. <laughs> um, Luke is not drinking milk right now. We know Heck that. No. Heck no. Chicken and rice, veggies. Luka Doncic diet conversation will never die. No. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a conversation we had yesterday about Luca, how his diet changed, and that's basically how he's turned around his season. Go listen to our episode yesterday if you want to hear all about how Luca has changed his season, how he's been so good over this last stretch here. But his changing of his diet really mattered. And so then Mark Cuban goes on the ticket today for Musers, and he he had this this whole quote, but for our mailbag, Mavs fan for life for 2069 says, was Mark Cuban right to say what he said on the ticket today? So what Mark Cuban said on the ticket was, quote, I think he was humbled a little bit. I think he didn't like being called out for his weight and other things. And it finally clicked that there's a level of discipline that's required. He knows what he needs to do. And it finally clicked that he's going to be the best. And I know he wants to be the best. And there's certain things he has to control. Once he got a handle on those things, it's just been Katie Barr at the door. He's just been unstoppable. Okay. Was Mark Cuban right to say what he said? Was it was it an innocuous quote and an encouraging quote about what Luca has? Or is it a little bit of a shot that Mark Cuban's taking in, in this? I don't think it's a shot. I, I think, you know, I think it's safe to say that, you know, Mark is Mark and Mark will, you know. Mark, <laughs> that is <Mark's> safe. <laughs> yeah, that's very safe. Um. You know, I, we obviously have two different personalities. Like, I just wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have volunteered that. I don't think any of it's false. I think it's, I think all of it's true. I think we, there was, I mean, Lucas admitted that of like knowing, you know, where he's at. We've went over all of that to verbalize it and to put it into the media. It, I, you know, we've seen Cuban say stuff in the past and it's, you know, we're like, Ooh, he's taking the, the light off of something. <laughs> You know, he's yep. kind of like taking the the target or the, you know, all the attention away from something by him just coming out and saying something or whatever. Didn't this we say we said that last year about when he was like, you know, joking about running for president, right? That all this stuff was just sort of this like ploy of him trying to take 
pressure off of Luca and the Mavs, and they had their turmoil at that point. Yeah, so now it's kind of like putting that light back on. And I see where he's coming from. You know, he's saying it in the point of where he's wanting to praise Luca of like, hey, we all we all knew where Luca was at. Luca knew where he was at, you know, the start of the season. But he he realized it. And now this is like he was saying it in a testament to Luca and the work that he's put in to get where he's at now. It's just to kind of like verbalize it. I probably I wouldn't have done that, but I'm not a billionaire. So I don't I wouldn't you know probably compare us to it is strange that he talks about players sometimes as if he's us that doesn't like have a personal relationship with them sometimes right like he talks about them as if they're like this third entity and it's strange that it's strange sometimes to hear him talk that way where you're like don't you like have to see them later and you're talking about this stuff but you could also you could also think about this in the sense that he felt so comfortable to say this about Luca because it's probably so true and it's probably so apparent that Luca was probably humbled a little bit and that he was um, you know he did take some of those things personally and he did say man it was a little bit of a wake up call that I wasn't voted an All Star starter and that you know the season hasn't gone at the beginning as well as I expected it to and all that kind of stuff and so. Like all these things can be true. It just does seem weird that he said it like this. And I think that's why some people took it took it in a, in a different way. I have no problem with this, personally. I, I think it's fine. Is it revealing a little bit too much? Sure, fine. But that's what we always ask these guys to do, right? Like, tell us more about this. Reveal something. Luca's not going to reveal this about himself, right? We, we read the piece for Callie Kaplan. He, gave her, he only gave her like five words at, at times, it, feel, it feels like. And so for Mark, to, for Mark Cuban to, to share this, um, you know, story for Luca. It's him controlling the narrative a little bit about Luca. Um, and also, if we want to go back to your point about Mark Cuban taking the pressure off of some things, could this be his response to the people saying Luca's just playing this well because Porzingis is gone, and he's just so glad that Porzingis is gone, no, right? No. Because then all of a sudden, this becomes his reason instead of that. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he would say it. The t- I honestly don't think he cares that much about the Porzingis thing. Probably um, not, but it could be. There's also an angle of it too. I mean, you hope this isn't the case, but there's also an angle to where he's saying, you know, his direct quote is him saying, I think there's an angle of this, the yeah, way he's, say, he's saying this based off just his own opinion. And he really hasn't talked to Luca about it. And Luca just got in better shape. And he's just looking at it from his angle of saying, Oh, you know what? I think Luca probably realized that like he really, and then he's just like saying it that he got humbled because it's like owners. They're just like uh, speculating about all this stuff because I, I think the part of the quote that probably makes some Mavs fans uncomfortable and is the humbled part is the, like we all know the, you know, out of shape and all this stuff, but to use the phrase, he got humbled, you know, insinuates that he was, you know, so cocky about his, you know, his talents and stuff that, Oh, okay. Well, I don't even have to be in shape. Now, is there some truth to that? <laughs> we'll just leave that out there. But mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. It, I probably wouldn't have said it. I wouldn't have said what Donnie said at the end of the last year either. Like, we can disagree with things that people say. I am with you in the sense of, I don't think it's that big of a deal in the world. Like, okay. Like, it was pro- it's probably 100% true. So, let's just move on. We have a game Friday. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is what it is. It's probably true. It's going to blow over. It's I don't think it's a big deal. So for the people that are, are saying that it's a big deal, I would say chill out. <laughs> if you want to argue about something, argue about Towns. Still thinking he's the best 
big man shooter of all time. Ooh, we will have a conversation about that in the second segment for sure. But one more, one more question here from our mailbag from Herc Kenderson. Will the Mavs actually rebrand? It came out that Mark Cuban said that anything's on the table as far as a Mavs rebrand. Um, let me tell you guys something. Mark Cuban has been saying that for like 10 years. <laughs> if we're going to play the game, is this news or is this not news? It is not news. It is not news that Mark Cuban says a rebrand is on the table. I think you asked him that like three years ago on this podcast if the Mavs are looking at a rebrand. And I think he was like, yes. Uh, he also said the stuff about, you know, oh, it's only a couple people on on Twitter that hate, you know, th- these kind of things. He said that on our podcast. And uh, <laughs> it says like 20 or 30 people. He says something like that. And it still hasn't happened, right? Like it's still, they still haven't taken any steps to it. So uh, that is not news. Will the Mavs rebrand? Who knows? It's not a, you know, so there you go, Herc. I just answered your at, question. At some me. point, Herc. All right, coming up, let's get into the top 75. The ESPN and The Athletic actually ranked these. Obviously, Dirk is on here, but he's in very different spots in these two lists. So let's talk about which one actually ranked him most accurately. And then there's a question about Carl Anthony Towns and Dirk. We just got to settle this. We have to we have to settle this because it's just gone on there's too far. There's nothing to settle. What there's, are we doing? It's already been settled. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's a daily fantasy option for the NBA that you can also use for the NFL, for college, for MLB, all that kind of stuff. If MLB ever plays games, are we going to get to go to a Texas Rangers game? That's what I want to know. I just want to want to get back to a Texas Rangers game. You want and- to go? I do. I do want to go to it. Now that I'm back in Dallas, I want to go to a Rangers game and I want to have some players picked for prize picks. You can pick two to five players and an over under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. It's not versus somebody else. It's not trying to play the wizards or the sharks that have all the, the smart guys that have all the computers and algorithms. You're not, you're not going up against her Bob in this. You're going up against the projected numbers from prize picks. So Go check it out for a limited time. Prize picks is an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Get $50 free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, but you got to use the promo code NBA. It's only available to lockdown fans. So go check it out. Prizepicks.com, promo code NBA. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more of this mailbag. A question from How's My Dirk Taste 92? Who ranked Dirk Nowitzki more accurately? ESPN or the Athletic? Oh, this is a good question. So, uh, obviously, we know the 75th anniversary happened uh, this year, or is happening this year. They had the honoring at halftime on All-Star Weekend. We got to see Dirk, MJ, the GOAT, and all the fun players and stuff. By the way, I agree with that. I know I made a joke on Twitter about LeBron. I do not believe that LeBron is the best. Don't play play like that. Don't play like that. All right. So, (laughs) The Athletic. And ESPN with the uh, trying to get the engagement uh, rates up. Yep. Did exactly that. Yeah, we're by, feeding right into it. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> by saying, hey, you know what? We have 75 players, the top 75 all the time. You know what we should do? We should rank them and really piss people off. Okay. So they did. The athletics comes out first. Okay. And I about rioted because I get it. When it comes to these lists, especially a list like this, any list, any rankings, you're you're just begging for people just to be mad and argue and all this stuff. But there's some like non-negotiables, especially from a Mavs angle, that I just I can't and I hate the thing of like, oh, you didn't watch basketball or I, I can't take this serious if you don't have blank. All right, I'm breaking my own rule. 
I can't take you serious if you don't have Dirk in the top 20. I just can't. I don't think there's any feasible way at all that Dirk Nowitzki can be outside the top 20 when you're talking about players of all time. Right now, at this moment, there's no way on earth Dirk is outside the top 20. And The Athletic ranked Dirk 21st. ESPN ranked Dirk within the top 20. So uh, I'm going with ESPN. Tim McMahon and the guys at ESPN, you win this contest because Dirk came in at 17. Uh, on ESPN, and I think that's I think that's a more accurate range. I mean, we could do a whole hour long conversation on the top seventy five. I have thoughts on it. I have players. I think he should definitely be above. Um, hot take: I think he should be above Jerry West. Um, I've, Jerry West, I think, is too high on some of these lists sometimes. Um, but anyway, ESPN seventeen, the Athletic twenty twenty first. He's a top twenty player of all time. It's there's no way around that. I'm looking at some of these athletic ballots right now, and uh, they put out they put out their ballots here. I'll, I'll chat you this real quick. Um, Ooh, chat it to me. <laughs> everybody's really interested in that. And there's a couple people that had Dirk in a good spot, right? So if we're talking about Dirk being top ten, you know, top twenty, basically is where, where we want him. You're talking about the range of you know Curry, you know Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Garnett. Some people have Giannis up there. David Robinson is. Oh, do you want to tear? Do you want to tear him off? You want to go ahead because. and tear, but so, you know, people like Sam Amick had Dirk at 15. He's behind Hakeem mm. Curry, but he's above Jerry West, Carl Malone, Dr. J, Moses Malone. Um, David Aldridge had him at 26. What? Are you serious? According to this, David Aldridge, David Aldridge? had Dirk at 26. I love this guy. Behind Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Dr. J, Isaiah Thomas, John Havlicek, Bob Pettit, Rick Barry, David Robinson, I can't. Kevin Garnett. Are you freaking serious? <laughs> Behind Chris Paul? That's what this says, according to their website. Zach Harper has him at 25 behind Dwayne Wade. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god this has now become the outrage hour on lockdown match oh my gosh john hollinger has him at 18 ludicrous so we have john How? hollinger has him at 18 uh uh or <laughs> moyle who we know has him at 11 so shout out shout out to him <laughs> great let's great. go he's a i know he's a dallas guy and so he has him in the right spot there that's probably a little too high for me but here, <laughs> here's my thing i think for me it cuts off after 12 and then you're entering into that next group like it's it's Jordan, LeBron, in some order, Kareem. You know, LeBron's top five. I probably wouldn't have him at two. But Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Bill Russell, you know, Wilt, Magic, Bird, Shaq, Duncan, Kobe, Hakeem, Big O. For me, it cuts off there. And you could tear even those top 12. But in that next group, I think you're looking at the Stephs, you know, Dirk, Moses Malone, Dr. J, Kevin Durant, like, these are, you know, Jerry West is in there. I mean, maybe Carl Malone, maybe Kevin, you know, Kevin Garnett. But I just, I just don't see any way. I, I don't see the, a way that Dwayne Wade. I mean, that's just a joke. Don't, don't, don't break my heart again. I'm just, that's literally going to make me mad. There's, there's few a- things. There's few things that still piss me off when it comes to like NBA and, and brings out this side of me. When it comes to NBA, it's when people disrespect Dirk. You disrespect Dirk, then I get pissed off, and that just, it's a whole. All right. There's a guy on ESPN. No, there's okay, a guy okay. for there's a guy for the Athletic. Don't he's a friend of ours. Don't do it. He's not a friend of ours. I did not know him. I did not follow him. 
But he writes for the Wisconsin side, so the Milwaukee-Wisconsin. He's, he's in Milwaukee. Senior oh, okay. editor of the Athletic NBA. This is a person that makes basketball decisions for a website. Does he have Giannis over him? Has Dirk Nowitzki as the 51st greatest player of all time. He has him behind. You're not ready for this list. You're not ready for this list right now. Chris Paul, <laughs> Dolph Shays, who shot like 30% in his career. Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade, Russell Westbrook, Dominique Wilkins, Clyde Drexler, Reggie Miller. What's his name? Earl Monroe, Ray Allen, Isaiah Thomas, and here's the one that's going to get you. You listening to this right now, this this one will infuriate you to no end, and we may have to go spam this guy's mentions because what, this is the worst. This is awful. He has Dirk Nowitzki behind Anthony Davis. Uh, there's no way this can be real. This, not, this is a real list. I just sent it to you. You can go look at it. Jeff mail it. Jeff Jeff mailed in this top 75 players of all time list because you, you can't how do you spell his last name. Put this M- on blast. <laughs> oh, here we go. Jeff M A I L L E T. Hey, you put it out there for the world to see you. You published it. You're the senior editor. So you put this out there and now Dirk is 51st on your list. Here's the thing. I've been seeing a lot of things and this goes to the Carl Anthony Towns question. Somebody, somebody else asked us like, and Carl Anthony Towns, you know, the Timberwolves, tweeted out that he's the greatest big man shooter of all time. That's been a thing, but they're actually sort of like leaning into it now for a guy like towns and a guy like some of these, some of these other guys above Dirk in this guy's list. You can't be that high. If you didn't lead your team to a title or even for Carl Anthony Towns to make it out of the first round, he's been to one playoffs and played in five games. That means he's won one playoff game. One playoff game he's won. You cannot be the greatest of anything, in my opinion, if you can't get your team to the playoffs more than once and win more than one playoff game, right? Like some of these guys above him, it's just completely ridiculous that you would put Dirk this low because of what Dirk did as the player that he was for as long as he did. There's just no feasible way that you can talk about the NBA and put Dirk that low. Um, I... I'm I'm debating. It's probably good. I'm going to wait to tweet this guy until after the pod, but... Um, the Dirk Towns thing. I mean, you got to be able to shoot at the biggest stage. A homie's not even made it out of the first round. He's made it to the first round like what once. There's a uh, point where the threes matter more than the ones yes. you're just taking in a but regular also, season game. The, the, we're also talking about a top ten score of all time in Dirk, and Dirk has 14 seasons in which he shot over 38 percent from three. That's longer than Towns has even been playing basketball. Okay, so. If you talk about just, okay, Towns being a a 40% three-point shooter for a long time, or for a a decent amount of time, what is it? Six years. Five five years. Five years he's he's shot over four. Actually, only four of those five years he shot over 40%. But he's a 39% three-point. Which is really good. Maybe functionally he is a better three-point shooter. That does not make you the greatest shooting big man of all time, right? Like that's that's the way that it's being presented, and that's completely false. And so the Dirk slander has to stop. In both the list for some of these people at the at the athletic uh, ESPN had them at seventeen, and they didn't they didn't release the rest of their list. I don't think, at least from what I've seen. So yeah, they have yeah uh, that they released everybody's lists. Oh, the individual voters? No, I don't think they've released everybody's individual no, list. So so we're that. we're cool with them. We're cool with that. It's the, you cannot disrespect Dirk in either the big, best shooting big man or in the list, and that's where it is right now. Coming up, let's get into. 
Uh, media access. This was a big thing from Adam Silver over the weekend about media access for uh, people like us, for you know, for other media members and things that they they may not allow media back into locker rooms after you know after the the time of COVID. Why does that matter? Why should you listening right now? Why should that matter to you? We're going to tell you about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about BetOnline.ag. Let me tell you why you should care about BetOnline. They have all the lines and odds and player totals and props all over the place. They have championship odds. They have odds for the uh, MVP. They have odds for everything that you can want. Team specific wins. Right now, uh, the Dallas Mavericks are at over under 47 and a half wins. They got the they got the over unders back again. If you want to go check those out, so you can go put down some money on all this other kind of stuff. So go check it out. It's not just basketball. They have hockey, boxing, UFC. Uh, they did Olympic coverage as well. They have all kinds of stuff. Head to their website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the actions. Check out Bet Online. Some of these are are really interesting. So the Mavs are at 47 and a half. The Cavs are at 48 and a half. The Bulls are at 49 and a half. Those are those seem kind of low to me. The Warriors are 56 and a half. Rockets 21 and a half. Take the under. <laughs> take take the yeah. take the under on that. Right now they have Luca plus 3300. He's right now 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8th in MVP voting right now behind Curry, John Morant, DeRozan and Booker and then the top 3 guys. So, if you want to put down any money on that, go check out Bet Online. Bet Online it's where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris, continuing on our random mailbag podcast we got today. We got some, we had some Dirk Slander. We had Mark Cuban saying some things about Luca. And now the Maniacs Dance asks, why is media access even a big deal? And this question comes on the back of Adam Silver's talk with, you know, his basically his state of the union, essentially, is what he does, the state of the league that he does with the media over All Star weekend. And he mentioned kind of casually that we may be thinking about not having media get into locker rooms. And I know that if you're listening, you're either on the side of, well, yeah, sure. That is really you know, invasive. And it's weird that, that people are around these guys changing and doing things like that. And uh, it's just odd that media is in there in the first place. We don't want media anywhere near our players, all that kind of stuff. Or you're on the side of, hey, we like the stories and things that come out of that coverage, and we would like that to continue, but maybe we want it to be in kind of in, in a different way. I think there's, I think people are mostly on either one of these sides, but why does it matter, Isaac? Oh man, um, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> a lot of thoughts. I say, this. I just teed you up, and just like I'm, you're like a, you're gonna be uh, like Top Golf. It's just gonna be another ball coming out, like doom, doom. Yeah. Doom. Okay. So, I think there's an angle that we can take our our names even out of this of saying, because you know, we're, we're not even sitting there writing featured stories in a way we're beat podcasters. I mean, you are, you do, you do, you write featured stories. Yeah, yeah. From and, and, and I like stories. So there is a personal angle to this for me too. The, like it, it's so much harder for somebody like myself to like write a, to write some like fun stories because we we're not building. It's all about the relationships. And I, I'm, I don't even want to make this about me because I'm such a freelance, like small thing. Like there are people who do this full-time job that are trying to make a living off writing about the NBA. And it's like, some of these people are get, barely getting access to players. And it's like some of your favorite stories out there, people are listening to this podcast. Some of your favorite stories are, 
or a result, maybe not getting the exact quote in the locker room, but it's the relationships that are built time and time again in the locker room that build to the next thing. Like the amount of times that, I mean, we use personal stories on this experience on this, but of the, the amount of times that a story happened because we put in the time we were going to Tuesday night with, you know, the, the Hornets in town on Tuesday night. And we're showing, we're walking in the locker room when there's eight other media people there and Dorian Finney Smith. And some of these guys are, are seeing that day to day grind. I'm seeing you at practice. I'm seeing you post game. I know you're putting in the work and it's like, bam, relationships are being built. Talking about shoes, talking about family. My story that's on my pin profile on Twitter is about fatherhood and being a girl dad. A lot of those questions, I, they're not just random cold questions. I'm just walking up to random people I've never seen before and saying, hey, tell me about being a girl dad. No, it's, hey, hey, Dorian, hey, we've talked about family stuff. You got, I got a girl coming up. Like, what, what would you tell me to be, a, how to be a girl dad? It's those type of relationships. And, but it's all the, like so many of the in-depth stories that we get of that in-depth reporting you get stuff, bits and pieces in the locker rooms. It's all those relationships of players. And what I get scared about is if we if we keep the distance, it's like it's like a lot of companies out there that pandemic happened, companies adjusted, some people went away from the office space, all this stuff. And it's like, well, you know what? We may do without it. So we can just keep on going, right? But is it the best, is it the best way to do things? Somebody told me the other day that told me this line and was talking about a different part of uh, my job, but it was, Hey, instead of you're doing things right, are you doing things the right way? And it's like, yeah, you're doing things right now, right? Like you're doing the best you can, but are you doing the right things, the actual things? Like, and that's, that's what I'm afraid we're going to lean to because if we stay separated and we stay without the access and without gaining relationships, the only things that are going to come out for the most part with you know, sparing things here and there are the stories that the, the players want to come out through their PR firms. Basically it's the, I love Chris Haynes, but it's the Chris Haynes, Damian Lillard stories that are going to come out because it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm not seeing all the other people any day. So if I, all right, I'll, I'll do a story for you type thing. And that's where I'm getting, I'll be scared about it. Then it'll just be a select few handful of people here and there that have the deep sources in the NBA that will drop stuff and we won't get the fun, cool stories that happen that are that come to life through the locker room relationships. How about I'll take it one step further. There will be no more Chris Haynes's, right? Like Chris Haynes is a guy that started yeah. in Portland and worked his way up, right? If, if you and I wanted to go through this, we could have taken a similar path, you know, as Chris Haynes. We maybe not have been as successful, but. We could we had the same kind of access was given to us. You go to you go to the locker rooms, you go to the you know to media availabilities, and you start creating relationships with players through that. And he worked his way up, and to his credit, worked his way up and got enough relationships to where he started getting contacts in the NBA. And so now he's an incredibly big time important successful reporter. There will be no one else that has the opportunity to do that. If player if we're not allowed in locker rooms anymore, right? Like yeah, if we're in, or, just, or if, if at least there's there's an opportunity for you know younger reporters or, or just reporters in general, it will only just be the guys that already have the access, the Shamses, the Woges, they're on a different yeah. plane of existence, but it'll just be those people that have that. And no one else would be given the opportunity to earn that and to, to exactly. write new and new stories about, um, about the players and things like that. You'll just be hearing what players, you know, what, what is coming out from, from players and what is coming from the post game locker, the post game pressers that are just sitting there. Right. And cause even right now are boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, even right now, I mean, look how many people have that 
top tier access media wise, you're looking at Callie and Brad and Tim Cato, Tim McMahon, these guys like, and they're putting out great content, but even that's like, they're only getting a certain amount of access to, you know, the players at certain times and on the road or here and there, like, it's not the same as being able to have that freedom to talk to the players, which no one's forcing the players to talk to us in a locker room anyway. I mean, how many times right. did Wes Matthews just look at us and say, Hey, see ya. I'm, I don't want to talk to anybody. Yes. A lot. It's like, he, he just bounced. So it's the imagine <laughs> or, if you just or Salah give us the middle finger and leave. Exactly. Like, in a joking we, way. He was he we, was we great. have so uh, what, I don't know. If <laughs> no, he he loved us. I thought he was talking about when I walked in. He was like, what? the F No, is? but that that story ended up good, too. OK, OK. And <laughs> but like imagine if you just started covering the Mavs and we know I mean, there's people on Twitter that a lot of you have probably just started following over the past two years. If you just started covering the Mavs over the past two years, you don't know anybody. Like you don't know anybody on the team. Like they're like I look at Josh Green and I'm like, bro, I've never even talked to you in my entire life. Whenever I feel like except I spent for media every day, <laughs> yeah, except for media day, exactly. When I feel like I spent every other freaking day with Dorian Finney Smith, his rookie season. Yeah. So that's the that's the unique part of it. To where then it's just it's turning into well, the only player interactions are going to happen is you know what? Whose DMs are open? Let me just hop in players DMs and saying, Hey, can you come on my pod? And there's 15 million, you know, requests. And, and then it's like, well, I don't even, if I'm a player, I don't even want to have a relationship with media at that point because there's no, so I just, I'm, I will. And here's my thing. If I hung everything up today and said, I'm done podcasting, I'm done covering NBA. I'm just going to be a fan and nothing else. I would still be just as passionate about it because it's those relationships that the best stories, the Lee Jenkins, the the yes. good, good stories that come out of this league that are so fun to read. The Baxter that, Holmes ones. Every time Baxter Holmes drops something, you know that there's so much work behind all that. Yes, and in the locker room access comes the all the stuff that happens outside the locker room and seeing players and you know the the families. It's the when I, I'm standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with Post Malone after a game because he's just we're just chilling outside. He has his entourage and we're sitting outside of a locker room just waiting for the Mavs players to come out. Like it's it's there's personal stories that are fun, but there's so much of the reporting and relationship side that makes this game. And I don't know if there's an in-between because there is a side if they said, you know, what if Silver says, all right. We we I get it. We're just gonna throw all of you guys in a room at a, you know each arena, and the players can come. It's like this is I don't even know if what, that's gonna work. This is what the WNBA has done. When I covered the WNBA for a little bit, there covered the Wings. Before they would go and and change, they would sit in a circle in in the locker room, and the media would go in the middle. <laughs> they would have to go to each individual person and like do their like sidle one on one, and so then all the players are sitting there listening to you. And I kind of liked it, but. The NBA is not going to do that. Like NBA players are not going to agree to sit there for an extended period of time and wait for us to get all of our stuff and our stories done. Right. That's the reason why it is locker rooms to begin with, because they're already there. That's the convenience, right? That's the, that's the convenience that's already been made for this. So I hope listening, I hope listening to this, that you guys, that you understand why this matters, right? Because it matters for the guys coming up and it will make, it will make following the NBA less interesting. If all we get is just the pre-prepared things from agents or the, you know, stuff right after game in in a post game presser, all the stuff that's getting fed through agents or it's the big people in the world, which great. I mean, we, we, we don't have our jobs without woes and shams and everybody, you know, doing the report. We, we love all of that. It's just, what does that next generation look like? And will the access only, will the only tidbits we get, about the teams and stuff is the people on the bigger scale and not the the up and comers that or the beat writers 
the beat writers that they're building the access or the not the access, but they're building the relationships with the players because there's so many good dudes in this league. And I want to read those stories about the good about the good dudes. That's not the spoon fed. We all see it. We see the Shams tweets. It's like Marvin Bagley star. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Your your agent gave you that. But it's like we I don't want agent puff pieces. I want legit relationship built stories that are good. And so anyway, I obviously get really passionate about that. I hated Silver's answer. I love the pushback even in the moment that you know he was given. I don't want them to hide. I get the COVID angle, but I also don't want us to be looking at three years from now. And it's like, you know what? We're still just trying to be you know healthy. And it's like, okay, it felt like that was the door to get the separation. How do we you know walk back through the door to get some of that back? There you go. That's our thoughts on. Mark Cuban's thoughts on Luka Doncic, on Dirk Nowitzki slander that's been happening all over the place. Thanks to all of our people that submitted mailbag questions, whether you were real or not. We'll talk to you guys uh, coming up later. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. And now make your second listen, Lockdown NBA. We have roundtables from all different groups in the NBA. I got every single host together in a different group to talk about their specific teams and how they relate. We just recorded ours for the West Play-In. That'll be dropping on this channel tomorrow, so make sure you check that out here. But check out Lockdown NBA. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Boom!